Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. is up everybody and how's it going i'm alex goldstick and you are listening to the spring forward podcast on today's pod we're live in atlanta at the offices of turner sports recording with former jets receiver stephen hill yesterday rosters for the spring league were revealed for the first time and while rosters aren't completely final until the league starts this is the first time that every player has been revealed and broken down into teams teams are split geographically by where players attended college for the most part Team East will wear white and is coached by Donnie Henderson. Team North will suit up in orange and be coached by Steve Fairchild. Team South will play in black and be coached by Terry Shea and feature quarterback Johnny Manziel. Last but not least, Team West will wear gray and be coached by Bart Andrus. Head to the Spring League social media accounts to see the full rosters. Now, live from ATL, our interview with Stephen Hill. Stephen Hill is a wide receiver out of Georgia Tech. He's a former second-round draft pick of the New York Jets, where he spent two seasons as a starter. He's also spent time with the Carolina Panthers and the Toronto Argonauts in his professional football career. He'll look to get back to the top ranks of professional football at the Spring League in Austin, Texas, where he'll be reporting next week. We are recording today's podcast live in Atlanta, Georgia, and given that this is Stephen's hometown, we thought it'd be appropriate to have him in to record with us as our first live guest on the Spring Forward podcast. Stephen, welcome. Thank you. So, given that we're in Atlanta, let's start at the beginning. Uh, maybe you'll be modest, but I'll just say you were a two-sport superstar in high school. Uh, you were a three-star football prospect coming out of high school in 2009, but you also broke the Georgia high school state long jump record uh, with a leap of 7.84 meters as a senior and won the 300-meter hurdles at the Georgia State Olympics. Uh, so, before we dive into your football career, which is what we're here to talk about, uh, let me in on what a, on what track star Stephen Hill was all about before you chose the football path in college. Well, honestly... Um I can actually correct that. It was actually three-sport athlete. Um, I played basketball. So basketball was really the number one thing that got me to not go on the track early because I hated to do the, I guess, what did you call it, uh, standing shape deal at the beginning. So basketball was basically the thing that really got me over that hump to do as well as I did in, in track. So 
you know, um, we actually won state championship my uh, last year there, which was four years. And within four years, we won a state championship in basketball. And ever since then, we had seven championships after that, uh, which was coached by uh, Coach Sherman White, which is the assistant coach for uh, Georgia State right now. So. Yeah. Well, so you excelled at track, um, but was it just a way to stay in shape between basketball and football, or did yeah, you have a passion ba- for it? Basically, I did uh, ran track when I was a kid. Um, traveled everywhere doing the USA and um, AAU type uh, track leagues. So, doing that from the age of six until my freshman year of high school, it kind of you know I had the background, so it kind of helped me out a little bit, especially with the long jump because that's like one of my favorite events. So you're from Lithonia, Georgia. Hope I'm saying that right. Lithonia. Lithonia. And uh, so you chose to go to college in Atlanta, Georgia Tech, staying Mm -hmm. close to home. Uh, What was the college recruitment process like for you? It was pretty pretty tough. It was pretty tough. Uh, It was funny because I wanted to go to a Georgia school. So Georgia Tech and Georgia was always there. But Georgia, they brought me to their games. They treated me like family, but they never offered me. And Georgia Tech offered me first. And... Next thing you know, Jordan tried to come in a week before signing day, and I had to tell him no because I was stuck with my commitment. So, And did you ever consider doing multiple sports in college, or was it just football from high school? Yeah, I actually did. Um, I actually asked the coach to play basketball. He told me no, and I asked him track, and he said yeah. So me gaining weight for football, it didn't match up with The my football w- coach said no. Right. Me gaining weight for football didn't match up with my track, um, you know, with long jumping. So – I kind of put it towards the side and just focused on football. Uh, so 2009, your freshman year, uh, Georgia Tech had the best the best year of your college career, best yeah. season of your college career. Uh, Yellow Jackets won the ACC regular season title, went on to beat Clemson in the ACC championship before losing to Iowa in the Orange Bowl. Um, the team still finished ranked 13th that year in the country. Uh, it, talk to me about what that year was like and breaking onto the scene, you know, the college scene as a freshman on such a, just such a successful team. Uh, well... It was a learning process. Um, uh, coming behind Demarius Thomas and watching him, I mean, I was actually his roommate before every game. So it's just, you know, seeing how he prepares, seeing how things go well. Uh, Derek Morgan, Morgan Burnett, they was on the other side of the ball. Um, Jonathan Dwyer is the same side of the ball. Just, just watching those guys that I've been watching, you know, when I was growing up. It's just – it was just cool to just, you know, be there and actually put up some stats with them, uh, you know, to help us, uh, you know, accomplish what we've accomplished in 2009. And that's sort of the most successful season in Georgia Tech's recent history. I mean, you beat Clemson in the ACC championship, and since then, Clemson's sort of been this powerhouse. Right. Um, so so you mentioned Demarius. Um, sort of unsurprisingly, given the success of that team, uh, you were you and Demarius were the top two receiving options on Tech that year. Uh, Demarius was a junior during the – during that season, mm-hmm. um, and has obviously had a very successful NFL career with the Broncos. Um, that's still trending upward. Mm-hmm. Do you draw any inspiration from him? Are you guys still close? You mentioned you were roommates that year. Yeah, um, I actually work out um, at the same spot that you know he works out at now. Um, him and Morgan Burnett. So I just anytime I you know got a chance to talk with them and you know get connected, I try to do all I can to uh, be around them. So you declared for the draft after your junior year. Freshman year ended up being the most successful from a from a team stand standpoint. Um, you know, given your your track success early in your career, you ran a four three six at the combine, so not too shabby. Uh, and given that we're in this period right now of pro days and the combine, 
Um, talk to me about yours. You know, there were a lot of questions about your game that you seemed to answer on your pro day. Right. And uh, that ultimately led to you being considered a top wide receiver prospect in the draft. Right. Um, well, when I, when I was going through the process, it was a lot, honestly. Uh, you had so many people grabbing you from here, 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 and they just trying to see what you can do because you was a junior, not a senior. They didn't get a chance to watch you like they were supposed to. So it was just, at that time, it was just, you know, try to get them to understand, you know, the, the situation you've been in and showing that throughout the workouts that you can do those same things that they said that you couldn't do. And were you ever considering staying for one more year? I mean, whoa. I actually was considering staying for one more year um, because I actually got in touch with my agent during the bowl game. And uh, he told me, you know, if you do pretty good, you know, you might have a, a good chance of getting drafted X, Y, and Z. And I really didn't care where I was going to get drafted. I just wanted to get drafted somewhere. And that last game really kind of showed me uh, – I mean, it, it kind of gave me the, the idea of, hey, I need to – I might need to go to the NFL because certain things happened within that game and it got us to lose. And, you know, just – It was time. It was it was time. It was time for me to just go ahead and make that, make that move and, um, you know – I guess step out of that box. So in real time, you made the right decision. I mean, the Jets actually this year have already traded up in the first round, but uh, that year they traded up in the second round. They picked you 43rd overall, uh, and you were ultimately named the team's second wide receiver behind Santonio Holmes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's a huge narrative in sports around the New York media, and and given the level prospect you were coming into the league um, and getting a starting job right off the bat, what was it like to be thrust into the New York scene for you? Uh, It was was different. It was... It was different, I guess, because of the fact that they make it seem like a huge deal, a big deal when you're making money and you're playing a sport in New York, and it's just, it's just different. I guess, I guess, because you're you're on this in the spotlight, you're right there. It doesn't matter how good you are, if you're in New York or if you're in California, you're gonna. You're going to get that spotlight. So, and that's all true. They all just sort of yeah. It's just it just they just come and they just throw things at you when it comes to you know words and they, you got to answer them. It feel like you got to answer them, but you know other than that, you know it's just it was it was a learning experience. I can definitely say that, and it definitely humbled me to this day. Now, is there anything you can do to prep for that? Is there anything that that you get advice from outside sources on, and okay, you've been drafted by New York instead of maybe a, a Tennessee or a Carolina. Right, and it was funny because a lot of people were saying, they was like, oh, yeah, you're coming from Atlanta, so you should understand the the whole dynamics of, you know, a, a reporter. And I was like, okay. I was jumped right in, and I was like, no, I don't understand. Uh, these guys are really tough, and they know how to answer their question. And, you know, everybody has a job, and, you know, you got to do – do what you got to do but it was tough it was really really tough um so unfortunately both of your seasons in new york were cut short by knee injuries Mm -hmm. um but you had a fairly productive career for them in in two seasons 23 games over two seasons 45 catches 594 yards and four touchdowns three of them in your rookie year Mm -hmm. um so now being a couple years removed from new york how do you view your time with the jets looking back uh honestly i enjoyed it but it, it was a gift and a curse honestly um, you know, I, I wish I would have came in there a little bit more prepared when it comes to a lot of things, and that's just on and off the field. Um, but other than that, I'm not going to say that it was the worst because it wasn't. Um, like I said, I learned a lot, and it, it actually helped me 
throughout things, you know, for for things like now. So, so we'll talk about now a little later, but just quickly, I mean, like, do you, when you're looking to, you know, mentally stay sharp, um, to get back in the league or you're, you know, you're about to step back onto the field in the spring league, Mm -hmm. do you draw on that time and and perhaps a little bit of of a struggle in New York, um, to better prepare you now? Yeah. Are you you better mentally prepared for the game again? Yeah. I'm so mentally prepared because it was, it was hard. We didn't have a winning season. Um, I think we had like a, a winning season because we tied up, what it was eight, eight, eight and eight my second year. But, um, yeah, it was pretty hard, you know, coming in the facilities, coaches mad because, you know, things ain't happening right. And, you know, you see things like that. And going from there to another team that was probably winning, you know, you, you see the difference. So, you you know, you learn. It's just a learning process. So, next thing you know, just to say I get on a team now and we deal with those things, as a veteran, I can, you know, be like, hey, it t- you know, talking to the locker room, let's, let's, you know, we just got to get ourselves together. Coaches don't feel pressure because they talking to, you know, people in the upstairs. So, and I bet know. at the spring league, I mean, a lot of guys who don't have that NFL experience that you have will hopefully come to you about it. Right, um, right, right. And it, 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 it can sort of help develop your game as a leader mm-hmm. off the football field. Right. Uh, and on it. Um, so after the Jets, you spent just under two years with the Panthers. Uh, first season was spent on the practice squad, but in your second year, you tore your ACL in the preseason, right. um, which is your third knee injury in as many years. First right. first, uh, first two seasons with the Jets were also cut short then. Um, but this time, sort of more major, cost you the entire year. So, I, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to keep having that happen to you. Is that just the nature of football and you accept injuries as part of the game? Or is there something you've been doing since then to work on preventing that from happening? Yes, yeah, it's, it's within the game. Um, I never got an injury. Since I went to the Jets, Jets was my first injury, first surgery, X, Y, and Z, all that. Um, but yeah, but other than that, it's you know it's just it's just a learning process and just keep. The thing is, you gotta have gotta have drive. If you don't have drive, like we've been doing this for, I mean, what six, eight, you know, playing Pop Warner football, and to just let injuries just you know try to check you out. Can't have that. Too you much know, time. Too much time. We didn't put too much time into this, and I mean, you know, I, I I love football, and I just want to go out there and do all I can, and just show that I can still run and still go. And you know, when that time is up, I'll just you know hang it up. I mean, so do you love playing? Do you love the sport? I mean, like for the for the guys that that I've been talking to, it's like, do you still watch? either Georgia Tech or do you watch the NFL on Sundays or is that sort of too painful a reminder that you're not there and you'd rather be working to get back every second instead of watching the game on a couch? I'll watch it uh, because I have to know who's coming next. You know, these young guys, they get faster and faster. Um, the only thing is they got to have they have that mind. That's the one thing. But, you know, they the, the athletics is getting better nowadays. So, you know, you just got to go out there and, do all you can by watching them on TV. If you're not out on the field, watch them on TV. See when guys getting tired. It'll show because the camera stays on you. So, you know, if you get get that, um, you know, get that, I guess, get ahead of the game, you know, when it comes to that with me staying home and stuff. I got kids, so I have to watch them and watch the TV too. So it's just. Well, you know, four years in the league, uh, a year off, which included Toronto. Um, but you're still pretty young. I think you can, I yeah. think you can keep up with the young guys. Yeah. Um, during your recovery from ACL surgery, the Panthers went to the Super Bowl. 
Mm-hmm. Um, were you with the team for that game? And, and you know, do you draw any lessons or learnings from being a part of a team that went to a championship, even if you weren't on the field? Or do they just remove injured players sort of from the day-to-day workings of a club? Oh, no. it was actually uh, I was actually in there every day. Um, what kind of helped me was Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, not saying help, but he got hurt the same year. And we was in there. Basically, you know, it wasn't a competition, but at the end of the day, we kind of pushed ourselves to get back better because he only had, what, an ACL, MCL. I had mm-hmm. LCL, PCL, ACL. That's the trifecta, is that what they call yeah. it? Yeah. And so it's the the thing was, you know, it was just – just a competition, and we just came in there and worked hard and hard and hard. And as we was working, they was working on the field, and they would come in, come talk to us. So it really didn't feel like we was away from the team. So, you know, being out there in the Super Bowl is even better. You know, just getting that feel, you know, just in case I come back and I'm in the Super Bowl and have to play. You know, I know it's not going to be something new to me, basically. As a receiver, is it fair to say that Cam's the best quarterback you ever played with? That I've ever played with? Oh, yeah. Is that I've ever played with, yeah. Anyone close? Uh, probably my high school quarterback. Probably my high school quarterback. He's actually, um, he was actually the, the MVP last year in the AFL. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Hey, that's up. Come back to the Spring League. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all of that brings us to today and the Spring League. Um, how'd you find out about the league and how'd you ultimately get accepted to play in it? Um, actually, my agent called me. Um, he was like, uh, I found an opportunity for you, because that's all I was asking for, opportunity. And, you know, he, he, he brought it to me. And, um, like, once I heard about it, then, too, of course, having a big name like Johnny Manziel, that threw me in there instantly. I was just like, look, I'm, I'm down for it. Let's go. And, um, like, right when he called me, I went straight to the, to, the, um, to the website. And everything just, you know, pulled me in from there, so. So the league's two years old. I mean, year one out of, out of West Virginia. Now they're moving to a, a big city like Austin, try to get more scouts right. um, present. You know, I think last season a lot of uh, scouts and teams requested footage, but weren't necessarily there. Okay. Um, you know, does that add any extra pressure to being in front of the guys that you're ultimately trying to get employed by, um, or are you ready for it? Are you used to it? Yeah, I'm used to it. Um, the Jets, Carolina. Every practice, you have somebody watching you, you know, watching every move, honestly. So it's being watched is not, you know, no pressure at all. I'm just ready to go out there and, and get moving again, especially in, in, in front of some guys and, you know, show that I can, you know, move. So you've had to do it before in your career, but what are you hoping to prove to scouts who will be in Austin? Is it is it that you're healthy? Is it is it something else about your game that you're trying that you've improved that you're trying to showcase? Yeah, it's basically the uh, the health factor. Um, I'm always going to be fast, but, uh, yeah, other than that, it's really a health factor. Uh, just showing that I can go back and catch, you know, catch the ball with hands and not with body, you know, show the confidence because OTA is right around the corner also. So you got to be ready to, to what get if, going. What have your off season workouts been, been looking like? Cause I know that you just came from, from working out before right. we, before we met. So what have you been doing on a daily basis to stay in football shape? Uh, Running. Um, I've been doing a lot of running, a lot of lifting. Um, we have a power power plate uh, that has that has five dots, and you have to you have to use your feet to hit the colors on an iPad. So it's it's, it's a lot of hand eye coordination 
when it comes to you know the brain connecting with our whole body. So it's it's a it's a pretty good you know pretty good technology that they have there, and um, it's helping a lot. So, so the Spring League fills a developmental hole in the professional football world that hasn't really existed in a successful way in the United States. You know, we were talking before about just sort of the flash in a pan, like they're here, they're gone. Um, they model traditional leagues. Um, so I know the league hasn't started yet. That'll, that'll happen next week in the first games in the first week of April. Um, but how do you feel about the structure of the Spring League and what it's trying to accomplish? Oh, I love it. Um... I feel like every other sport has some type of D league or some type of league that you know that you can show your you know show yourself and show your talents. And I feel like the spring league will be a it will be a, a big a big thing because of the fact that it's not that you're coming in a whole week and then you practice a week and then you probably play a game maybe and it's not like a structured game. You know, you know people try to do all they can, but the spring league. It's like you, you you're here. You got coaches. You you got stuff in line, and it feels like it's going to be a training camp, but a spring training camp. In a well, what's significantly different is that the history of minor league football, whether it's the XFL, the FXFL, have been leagues, like actual leagues, team here, team there, right, right, right. rent a stadium, pad, sell tickets. Um, so the spring league might seem a little more cutthroat at heart. You know, the the players aren't getting paid, but mm-hmm. That that almost speaks more to the passion and being exactly. in one place at one time. Exactly. You're not traveling, exactly, um, and that will lead to better football, right? And better opportunities, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, do you know anyone that's participated in in those past minor leagues that maybe just hasn't worked out for them? Or, um, well, I remember the XFL. I had a trainer that used to play, and he um, he said it was it was okay, it, just the injuries and certain things weren't covered and all this other stuff. So. You know, you have you have your downfalls and you you know your up um, things that you know go go correct with you and when it comes to certain leagues. But you know, if, if you love the game, none of that should matter. I mean, I mean the protection for your body, I get it, but everything else when it comes to money and stuff, yeah, none of that should matter. And you're just down there to play and yeah, that's what you thing. can still do. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Because I don't care. As long as I can show that I I can do anything, I mean, I can do something here in the Spring League and nobody calls and answers, you know, or try to come and get me or whatnot, I'll be fine. I just know that I left it all out on the field and I looked good. So before we started recording, I, we went over the roster. You're on the on the East team, Team East. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I don't think there were any other alumni from Georgia Tech there, but tell me about your first impressions of the roster and whether you knew anybody or, or looking forward to playing with or against uh, any names you recognize. Um, I, yeah, I really haven't recognized a lot, but other than that, I'm, I'm willing to play with anyone. Um, same way with uh, with – Within the league, you think about it, you go from one team to the next if you get traded. So you might not even know anybody on that team. So it's just it's just a it's a good learning process for me and for other people because I don't know how these guys play and we just gonna have to figure out everything and within the what one or two weeks so we can get the game rolling on the on the game days. So Team East is uh, head coached by Donnie Henderson, who's actually with the Jets, but not while you were there. Mm-hmm. Um, Quarterback Gerard Evans out of Virginia Tech. Uh, also David Olson, who played at Clemson and Stanford. Um, Ex-NFL guys like Lorenzo Talaferro, who's been on the, the Spring Forward podcast before. Um, and this might actually be interesting. Your uh, fellow wide receiver on this team is Marvin Bracey out of Florida State, who uh, 
He ran. He ran no, at the he Beijing ran strike, Olympics. Right? Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, had had a period with the Colts. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, former track stars. Are you guys gonna? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, he might be faster than me. A lot faster than me. <laughs> All right. So I won't. I won't set that up on site in Austin. <laughs> but listen, we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Yeah. Um, I'm certainly interested. Uh, I've been very thankful to have a guest in studio. Right. See in front of me. Talk to me. Um, so thank you. I mean, uh, Atlanta's been cool, and uh, we'll be in Austin next week uh, playing some football. So can't wait for spring. Thanks for having me. That brings us to the end of our fifth episode and our first live one. Much love to Stephen Hill for taking the time out of his day and navigating Atlanta traffic to talk to us about his football life. Best of luck to Stephen in Austin. One more reminder to head to the Spring League social media pages to check out rosters for this season in Austin. Tickets are available now for doubleheaders on Saturday, April 7th and Thursday, April 12th at thespringleague.com. Children 9 and under can attend games for free with a paying adult. You can follow the Spring League at the Spring League on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter at AGStick and on Instagram at ThisIsMyOtherIG. Music for the Spring Forward podcast was provided by Joshua Rosner. We'll be back with our next episode shortly. Later.